0: Welcome to another episode of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, brought to you by the Good Success Group. We are grateful to God for your presence, participation, and partnership. And now, here is Reverend Greer.
1: Our scripture today is found in James chapter 4 verses 7 through 10 and it reads as follows Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and He will lift you up. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God.
0: As we continue our Faith That Works sermon series, I want to preach from the subject hands and hearts. I want to talk about hands and hearts. Uh, In the sermon series so far, we have covered how powerful our words are, and how vital it is for us to watch our mouths in our daily lives, because we discovered uh, through the writings of James, how our words, how our tongues can set the course of our lives, not just the course of our lives, but the course of the lives of people that we encounter and those whom we are attached to, um, for negative or positive, okay? So, We have to be, you know, very aware of what we're saying and how we're saying and when we're saying uh, things from our mouths, the words from our tongues. And so we made a vow last week to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, um, as that is the only way that we can prevent verbal fires. And that was back in chapter three. Before that, in chapter two, we examined how our actions factor into our faith. And so we agreed and we declared with Pastor James that we have to go beyond mere professing faith uh, to an actual lived and practical faith as evidenced by the good deeds that we do in the earth as inspired by God. And so, um, you know, we, 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 we discovered that it's not just enough to say to a struggling brother or sister, hey, I wish you well, I hope things get better for you. Uh, especially when we have the means and the resources to do something about their situation right then and there, we can do something to improve their plight, then we should do it, okay? And so we affirmed that a faith that is merely a head faith is what we call it a dead faith, okay? and So um, that was in chapter two. And then back in chapter one, we explored how our own internal and evil desires are the origin of any sin that is present in our lives. Uh, we wrestled and came to grips with the fact that we cannot blame God, we cannot blame other people, and we cannot even blame Satan for any moral shortcomings that are present in our lives. Okay? Um, and so we, we that was back in chapter one. So we spent a lot of time talking about that. And James, he opens chapter four, um, in the first six verses, pointing us back to those evil desires that we discussed. Um, And he says that these are present in all of us and that that these evil desires, they are the source for all sorts of wars that you see in the world and even within our Christian communities. So you see a lot of the strife, you see a lot of uh, infighting that is common sometimes Amongst believers, well, Brother James was dealing with the same thing in his day, but he says that that this strife, this, these wars, these internal uh, fightings that we see in our communities, they are often the result of these unsatisfied, selfish desires that we have inside of us, and so oftentimes instead of wrestling with the Giver of Life, the Giver of Grace, uh, God, through our prayer time oftentimes believers find themselves fighting with other believers amen and so that's what he's talking about in the first six verses and um that sets us up for where we're going to be focusing today with just uh verses seven through ten Um uh, so it's in these verses that pastor james begins to make some appeals based upon the conditions that he he listed in the first six verses okay And it's very important, I keep pointing this out, but it's very important that we remember that this letter that is being written by James is addressed to church folk, right? It's addressed to people like you and me. Um, And so up until this point in the letter, James has been helping us to see the sins of the saints. Uh, That includes you and it includes me. It's not just her, it's not just him, and it's not just some unspecified them this includes all of us okay and so um and because we all sin on this side of the veil repentance must be a part of every believer's life i know that there are some uh who would say that they haven't done anything wrong since they came to christ and so therefore they don't need to repent anymore well if you hear anybody say that that's a lie and they need to repent for that as well. Um, the Bible says that we all stand and fall short of the glory of God. And so repentance must be a part of every believer's life. And this repentance that we're talking about, it must involve both the hands and the heart. Okay, and so that's what we're going to be talking about. And so in these short few verses, James instructs his readers uh, then and now to do six things six things that will lead to true repentance and so these instructions when followed will help us to put our faith at work even when or i would say especially when we miss the mark and disobey god and we will walk through those six steps together um, starting in verse six Um, the first two are listed right there in verse seven that he says that we need to do number one resist me i'm sorry Number one, submit to God, and number two, resist the devil. So number one, submit to God, and number two, resist the devil, in that order. So to submit to God means that we must be subject to God. Uh, We must be ready to listen to God. We must be ready to obey God over any other voice that is present in our lives, including our own voices, amen? And so uh, this requires us to be tenderhearted, to be contrite. Uh, it requires to not be proud or, or stiff-necked or hard, um, hard-hearted or hard-headed. Uh, we, have to, we have to have a certain disposition if we're going to, uh, to submit to God, okay? And so the next step is resist the devil, okay? So we do this, my friends, by closing our ears, our hearts our eyes, our minds, and yes, even our hands to any suggestion of temptation from the devil because we know that anything he brings to us is evil and it is deleterious to our mission to please and serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Um, And Satan hates the fact that uh, any of us are even trying to live for Jesus and he certainly does not want to see any of us make it to heaven. And so he's gonna do everything that he can to put uh, things within our path that will cause us to want to turn back and go back uh, on on our calling uh, to to our relationship with Jesus Christ. And so um, in in reading that verse seven though, right there at the end, I noticed that there was a promise packed in there. Uh, Right at the end of the verse, the text tells us that if we do submit to God and, and if we resist the devil, that the devil will flee from us. And so in other words, we don't have to submit to Satan. We don't have to fear the devil and we don't even have to flee from Satan, but we do have to stand against him and we have to submit to God. So as we, as we are submitting to God, we're also resisting the devil. We're doing those at the same time. And so if we do that, uh, the devil will flee from us. And it's very important for you to remember that, um, as we covered as we covered in the, uh, the, the dragged away sermon a few weeks ago, Satan cannot lead any of us into sin against our will. Okay? So that's why it is so crucial that we that we stay on our job of resisting him. Uh, we yield to God. We don't yield to Satan, amen? That's what, that, we only yield to God. We don't yield to Satan. And so step number three is found in verse eight. And he tells us to draw near to God. And the primary way that we do that today is through prayer. Uh, we must come to God in desperate, believing prayer, uh, inviting the Holy Spirit to help us uh, to reveal everything that is in our hearts, whether it's good or evil. We want the Holy Spirit to, 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 uh, to get in there and see and search our hearts and see what is present, whether it's good or evil. And um, so that we can so, so, so that we can deal with it, okay, with God. And it's during this intimate setting of prayer, in this intimate space of prayer, uh, where we find that God will draw closer to us. And I know that this is often a surprise to many of us because uh, we weren't expecting that type of response from God. We we thought that God would be distant. We thought that God would be cold and dismissive uh, because of our failures and because of our frailties, um, because of our sin. We expected God to to step away from us and enough. And I know why is because oftentimes that's the way uh, people in the world and people in the church has treated us Um, sometimes is when they see uh shortcomings in our lives that they will often back up and not, and not want to have, you know, too much dealing with us. Um, And so we expected that God would be as judgmental and, 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 and they didn't want to deal with us. But when we pour our house out to God, when we submit to God, when we, ask God to forgive us and we draw closer to him, he will do the same thing. And so the surprise is we find this God who loves us. We find this God who is ready to forgive us and who's ready to restore us through his son, Jesus the Christ. And so what what an awesome God we serve. What a great and loving God that we serve. And we thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And so step four is also found in this verse uh where where we pulled um our title from today so our title is is uh, uh hands and hearts and so it says right there wash your hands and purify your hearts it reads like this wash your hands you sinners and purify you, your hearts you double minded and so when we so when that verse talks about the hands uh this is speaking about our actions right it's, these are speaking about our deeds the things that we are doing in our bodies okay and when he talks about the hearts uh, this represents our motives this represents our desires whether good or evil and so it's saying that uh, we need to cleanse our hearts and purify cleanse our cleanse our hands and purify our hearts we do this through confession we do this through prayer we do this through uh forsaken sins both outward and inner inner okay and so we're talking about uh the things that we've done Uh, Openly, the things that we've done privately—you know, the the sins of omission or uh, commission—and so we have to deal with all of that stuff with God. And so, as sinners, whether you are saved or unsaved, we must confess any evil acts and turn back to God. And so, uh, before we go any further, though, I want to—I want to talk about this notion. uh, You heard that phrase in there, "double-minded." I want to talk about that for a section. Second. This is a a very unique term that only appears in the New Testament in the writings of uh, Pastor James, who we're studying today. And so he uses this term twice, actually, in his letter. Uh, The first time was back in chapter one, when he linked it to believers who pray in faith to God, but at the same time, they doubt. Okay. And so he says that such a person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Uh, you know, because they had this double mind. And so for for Pastor James, this term refers to someone who is um, actively trying to hold two incompatible views, okay? And so uh, we've talked uh, previously in this sermon series about how sometimes people can do the right thing for the wrong reasons, okay? And so we gave the example of maybe maybe someone uh, adopts kids or they like to foster children uh, or, or maybe they do like to uh, give to the, to the homeless, or maybe they like to, to feed the, um, the hungry and things of that sort. So, But they're doing it for the wrong reason. Sometimes they're doing it because they think that somehow this will win them some brownie points with God, that somehow this will get them into a, a select seat in heaven. Uh, but none of that is the case. We're only saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so uh, don't we do those things we said last time because we're saved right? We don't do these things, these good deeds to make us safe. But because we love Jesus, because we know Jesus, uh, because we want to be the heart and the hands uh, and the feet of Christ in the earth, we do these things, okay? And so we do help um, people who are out there. But when we find that we have become this double mind pipe type of person, we need to confess. If we have those types of mixed motives that we're doing the right things for the wrong reasons, we need to offer that up to God in prayer and that brings us to uh number five number five in this text tells us that we need to lament we need to mourn and we need to weep okay pastor james he goes on to say that when we do confess uh this should not be some trivial matter right that we should that that this that this confession should be accompanied by deep sorrow and why do we do that why as christians do we express Deep sorrow over sin. Well, we do that because uh, when, we, when we're mourning over our sins, we do it because we believe that Jesus died for us, right? And that death is not something to be taken lightly. It's not a trivial matter. And so, even when you read uh, from our general confession that we recite uh, during communion, you will find these words It says, We do earnestly repent and are heartily sorry for these our misdoings. The remembrance of them is grievous unto us, okay? So it's a very serious matter. I mean, if any of you have children out there, and if they've just been willfully disobedient, um, that hurts you. That hurts your heart. And so think about how we hurt God when we sin, right? We, we, don't, we shouldn't want to hurt God. Uh, I know that some people feel, well, God has already forgiven me. Uh, you know, there, uh, there's, there's so much grace at the, at the cross of Jesus that I can do whatever I want to. Well, that's, that's, that's abusing grace. That's grace abuse. And so none of us should do that. It just doesn't work like that. And, and there are scriptures that I can show you uh, if you ever want to talk more about that as to why that is wrong, that that, that is not the way things work. Uh, but we shouldn't do that. We should, we should prostrate ourselves. When the Holy Spirit comes to us in a moment of conviction, this is not a time for levity. This not a time for laughter. It's, a, it's not a, a light-hearted a moment. Uh, rather, it is time that we should prostrate ourselves before the, the throne, throne of grace and mercy uh, of God, and that we should mourn over our sinfulness and our powerlessness, right? And we can't change ourselves. We, we can't change ourselves, I mean, any more than we can change anybody else. Um, if we could change ourselves, Jesus didn't need to come and die on the cross for you or for me, amen? If, if, I, could, if, if I could have done it for myself, Jesus didn't need to sin. Holy Spirit, we are not capable of changing ourselves, uh, and and so we we talked about that with the tongue, uh, last week. We could we can't control our tongues if
1: we really
0: be honest about it. We need the Holy Spirit to do that, and so as we look at this country that we're living in, uh, uh, today in, in general, and I would say the people of God in particular, we need to humble ourselves, we need to weep, and we need to mourn over our materialism, over our secularism, over our favoritism that we show to people sometimes, over the, the racism that is running rampant uh, in our country, and all of the other isms that you can name that hurt our Christian witness. We need to cry out to God about that and ask God to forgive us and to, to help us to make that make that stuff right, okay? Because it's hurting our Christian witness in the world. Um, and so whether it's something inwardly or outwardly that we've done, uh, we need to publicly and privately cry out to God. We need to show the, the the real, true fruit of godly repentance. That's what we need to do. And so, finally, that brings us to point number six, uh, beloved James. He he says that what we have to do if we're going to do any of the the things one through five, we have to humble ourselves. We have to humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord. Uh, why is that? Because oftentimes. Even when we know we've done something wrong, and we don't have a humble heart, a humble disposition, we won't even say sorry. I mean, whether that's to our fellow human or to God, some people are that bold and that brash that, yeah, I, I shouldn't have done it, but you know, I did, so whatever. And won't even won't even humble themselves enough to apologize. But if we honestly and humbly take our place at the feet of our Lord and just confess and just bow down, right? And and just, you know, and just say sorry and ask God to forgive us and, 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 and make a commitment to turning around and trying to go the other way. We have a promise in this verse too. The promise says that God will lift us up, right? In God's own time, God will lift us up and God will restore us and make us perfect because none of us are perfect. None of us are perfect, right? I don't care what your title is or, or, or what your, how long you've been in the Christian church, none of us are perfect. And when I say perfect, when we read that word in the New Testament, uh, we mean complete, right? We mean uh, fully mature in the things of God uh, while we are in, even in these earthly bodies. And so again, none of us can do that ourselves. None of us can make ourselves whole or perfect or fully mature in the things of God. We can't fully know God, Unless God reveals God'self and that's that's going to take the rest of eternity, we'll never fully know god uh, uh uh you know our minds just can't you know completely comprehend just how great and how big our god is um uh, so but 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 let me get to this point: whenever we do fall short, because we will whenever we do mr Mark, whenever we do sin, whenever we do disobey God. Uh, we don't have to scratch our heads and wonder, what shall I do, right? Because thankfully, because of the um, the godly inspired writings from Brother James that we've been studying, we have been given a roadmap for what to do. We have been given a, a roadmap to true repentance, okay? And so we just need to go back and, you know, save this sermon. And if you took the notes, you know, um, like I said, you're, you're going to fall, you're going to misstep. Don't let anybody think, you know, make you think that you're somehow less of a saint, uh, you know, you know, than anybody else. If you if you do stumble and fall, because we do, but but be ready to confess. Be ready to go back to God and 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 get that thing right and try it again, okay. And so, uh, and just remember this: the cleansing of one's life must involve both the outward deeds and the inner thoughts. In other words, what I'm saying it has to involve our hands and it has to involve our heart. Okay. And and so that's those two have to be included if you're going to talk about true repentance. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. And so we're going to get ready to pray. Um, And so today, even if you've already accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you've already, if you're already saved, Um, you're already a Christian, I still want you to pray this prayer of salvation uh, with us today. Will you do that with
1: me? Let us turn our hearts to prayer. Lord Jesus, for far too long, I have kept you out of my life. I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I cannot save myself. No longer will I close the door when I hear you knocking. By faith, I receive your gift of salvation and am ready to trust you as my Lord and Savior. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming to earth. I believe you are the Son of God who died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead on the third day. Thank you for bearing my sins and giving me the gift of eternal life. I believe your words are true. Come into my heart now, Lord Jesus and be my savior forever. Amen.
0: And if you prayed that prayer today and believe it in your heart, you are saved. Amen. And I want you to walk in it, I want you to live in it. I want you to rejoice in it. And we would like to rejoice in it. So what I want you to do, if you accepted
1: Jesus today as your Lord and Savior, or if you recommitted your life to Jesus today, I want you to drop us a note in the inbox or you can write it down in
0: the below in the comment section and just let us know because we want to celebrate that that, that's some great news you know i know it's a lot of bad news in the world today but that's great news if you if you can testify and say that today we want to hear about it so we
1: thank god for you amen The Good Success Group would like to thank you for listening to and sharing this episode of the
0: Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast. If you have not already done so, please consider subscribing to this podcast so you can be notified of any future programming. And to sponsor future episodes of the Looking Forward, Reaching Back podcast, please click on the support button or connect with us via Cash App or PayPal. The
1: information to do so is listed under the description for this episode. We thank you so much for your support.